Stock Dads are back for season two of their hit podcast, Stocks and Sandals. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to build generational wealth. So tuck in your t-shirt, put your Crocs in sport mode, and let's grill up some profits. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Zabala. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, and I am joined by DJ Brown. So DJ, I was thinking the other day and I was like, man, we've done a good chunk of episodes. Like we've got a couple out there and I am gobsmacked that we have not addressed this before. At least an episode dedicated to it already. Oh boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a good topic. I think, you know, we focus very heavily on low to mid income earners. That's our target market. We don't really talk a whole lot about people who make good money and have high paying jobs, but don't necessarily understand how to manage that kind of money. Because, you know, some people, whether they go to school and get these high paying jobs or get into a trade that pays, you know, really high all of a sudden, you know, or something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have whole bunch of money coming in and no real financial knowledge to back it up. So today we have with us Shannon Brom Ward, owner of The Whole Budget. Super excited to talk about this with her. She specializes in helping high income earners understand where their money's going, understand why even with, you know, six figure paying jobs, they're still living paycheck to paycheck. So yeah, Shannon, just take a minute to, you know, introduce yourself, tell the people about yourself, where they can find you, all that kind of fun stuff. Sure. Thank you very much, guys. I'm really glad to be here. Again, my name is Shannon Brom Ward, and I'm a money mindset coach at The Whole Budget. And like DJ and Mike were saying, I help high income earners, like six figure earners, figure out where their money's going and break that paycheck to paycheck cycle. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, wait, how is it that folks who are making a lot of money or good money, not you know, have an ability to figure out where that's going to save it, to invest it and to grow it. Right. But really and truly, if you don't build that foundation pretty early on and you don't address some of the mindset blocks that appear, then even when you make more money, money has a incredible way of finding its way out of your pocket or your bank account or your brokerage account or what have you and into a million other places that you obviously didn't intend for it to end up. And so I work with a lot of folks who after, you know, five, 10, 20 years, they're like, you know what, I'm not hitting my money goals because I'm not able to break this cycle. I make more, I earn more and I spend more. And they realize after a bit of time that this is the struggle. And so I got into this because I realized quite some time ago that, you know, I went to grad school and I got a really great paying job and I was in corporate America and coming from a family where, you know, my parents were immigrants and then they decided, hey, we're going to send the kids to school and we buy a home and then that's it. Like they didn't spend money on much else right? You got an education and they had shelter and that's great. And so a lot of the extras weren't afforded to me unless I worked and I got them myself. So after graduating from school, I kind of spent a lot more than I was earning over time. And pretty quickly, I amassed quite a bit of debt. And I was like, wait a minute, 
like, where is all my money going, right? Like, I was trying to pay down some of the debt. I had some student loans. I, you know, by that point had a car and then I got married. We had a mortgage and it was like, whoa, we got to get control over this. And so following a lot of the gurus, I realized that plan didn't work for me, that restrictive approach to eliminating the debt and reducing my life lifestyle to like the basic minimum. So I developed a way in which I could pay off my debt and start building wealth. And I realized that I started sharing this with friends and helping them do the same thing. And after time, I thought, well, you know what? I really enjoy this. And for reasons for, you know, in my career, I was like, I didn't want to travel as much. I wanted to spend more time with my kids while they're still home. And I decided, hey, why don't I do this? I got certified and now I do it professionally. And I've been helping tons of folks pay off their debt, but also look at some of those mindset blocks that are preventing them from reaching their money targets. So before we dive into our questions and stuff, because I have plenty, I just got to tell you all, Shannon's the coolest. She (laughs) She is cool. (laughs) She's so cool. (laughs) If you guys are longtime listeners, you know that Mike and I are really, really bad with technology and most things in our life. (laughs) But uh, this is our third attempt at having this episode, and it's because the first time Mike's equipment just would not work, didn't care. Shannon just sat there and, you know, made fun of Mike with me while he couldn't defend himself (laughs) for, you know, a solid 30 minutes, and then we postponed. And then the same thing happened literally today that I'm getting ripped on for 20 minutes while my stuff's not working. So that's cool. She's just, you know, here to hang out and can definitely dish it out. So uh, we appreciate (laughs) Shannon being here. So let's break the ice a little bit. Let's get some jokes going. Mm. Mike, you mentioned you had a couple for us. I do. Uh, Go ahead and you could do more than one today. We'll see. Yeah, maybe, maybe I might stock them for our next episode, but Mm, it's weak. We'll see. All right. So my first one is, Courtesy of Olivia again. She gave me mine last week, I think. So what do you call rabbits walking backwards? Mm, I don't know. A receding hairline. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny because I'm just staring at DJ's forehead as I'm (laughs) telling the joke. (laughs) Yeah, it it is is what I have. Yes. No, that's a good dad joke because it just made me sigh and yeah. disappointment. So that's <laughs> I, exactly how this should be. Yeah, I think it's more funny because you're balding. So there's I mean, that. there's a literal <laughs> glare on my head in the camera right now, like literally. So which is I'm in a basement, so there's no sun either. So I, don't, I don't know where the, how it's possible, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, Shannon, do you have any funny jokes for us? You know, oh, I don't know if it's funny but i do well, have none a dad of ours joke. are <laughs> none, none of ours are anymore either so so bad okay if you drive a subaru in reverse what are you a lot of backwards trending yeah <laughs> i don't know what is it you are a bus oh i mean it's clever right dj's still it's scratching stupid. his head <laughs> i don't know if i get it it's subaru spelled backwards <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> gosh. That's, so bad. No, that's oh, takes an gosh. intellectual <laughs> takes an intellectual to appreciate it. Yeah. I can't spell very good. So, oh, no, that's good. Okay. 
What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Ooh. What's that? Nothing. Bueller, anyone? No, what is it? Yeah. Sophisticated. <laughs> I like that. So that's not very funny, first of all. But I think it's more funny because I'm picturing a cute little fish in dressed up. Yeah. The mental image I got was funny. Okay. So, Shannon, let's dive into this. So high income earning along with, you know, still being either in debt or living paycheck to paycheck. How does that happen? It's a super common issue. It happens a lot more frequently than we might realize. But like in your mind, what is the number one root cause for that happening to somebody? So what I see the most is folks get on that treadmill of earning a little bit more and spending more and outspending what they're earning. Right. And so as time goes on, you have this lifestyle creep and they're really comfortable with the lifestyle and they can't figure out how to break that cycle. But in the back of their minds, they're like, hey, I think I want to save for my kids college and help, you know, pay for them to go to college. And I kind of would like to have another home, maybe, or I should be thinking about retirement right? I don't want to be working until I die. So there's this nagging feeling there that, okay, I got to figure out how to curb some of the spending. But at the same time, I've got my debt, I've got my own student loans, for example, so I got to pay those off. How in the world could I possibly think about 5, 10, 20 years down the road when I can't even manage what the heck's going on today? So I guess just a clarifying question for me before I get into my actual like real juicy questions. For the purpose of this episode, is there a real difference between high earners and maybe people not making so much money in terms of being able to pay off their debt? Because you mentioned lifestyle creep. I feel like that is something probably people deal with across all levels of income. So is the idea behind the debt accumulation the same, whether you're a high income earner or, you know, earning a lower income? Yeah, I think when you're earning a lower income, you have to really focus on the basics, right? The bare minimum. You don't allow yourself, if you want to pay off that debt, you really can't allow yourself too many luxuries, right? And so what happens is you've got this small income and you have to use that to create whatever life you can with that income. And the only option for most of these folks is like, don't spend anything, you know, like Mm -hmm. the Dave Ramsey kind of idea, like just focus on paying down the debt, right? (laughs) And like, that's it. Mm -hmm. And so that's all they can do or create more income. The high income earners, for the most part, can live off of what they're making. They just got to really focus on what they value. Right. And so a lot of the times they're not paying attention or they're not like tuned into what they value. Mm -hmm. So they're just buying stuff, spending stuff, you know, and by all means, I mean, enjoy the money that you're creating. But at the same time, if you want to hit some of these targets, like I said, like paying for tuition for your kids or saving, you know, for that and stuff like that, you can create more money. Absolutely. But you really have to direct that money because we know you can create money quite easily. But if you don't have an intentional purpose for it and you're not really focused on it and where you want it to go, 
it will disappear quite sure. quickly. Yeah. Sure. So you mentioned Dave Ramsey and his approach, you know, just like don't spend anything, you know, pay off debt, stuff like that. There are a couple different types of strategies, right, to start paying off your debt. Can you kind of just break down what some of those are and maybe what you've identified as kind of, I don't want to say the best one, but one you like to recommend? Yeah. Well, I think that the first thing is you have to look at the numbers. So you do have to have a budget. You have to know not only what's coming in, but where it's going, right? And that's pretty eye-opening for most folks, Mm -hmm. right? Because they think of the budget as a way of restricting them and preventing them from spending any money. And that's not really how I approach it. I want you to look at the budget so that you can truly see, okay, my money's going out into all of these different categories. Do I actually want that to be the case, right? Do I want my money funneled into these areas? And I don't believe that debt reduction is the only thing that you should do, right? Yes, you can focus on reducing some of your debt, especially like consumer debt that you know, it's not really that important to you. You don't even remember Mm -hmm. what you purchased. You know, it's been hanging around for a long time. But I think that generating money and creating money and investing and building and growing is also very important. And so I don't love to say, hey, don't invest, don't do anything, just pay off your debt. Because there's a lot of time there that you don't have the opportunity, right, to grow your money. So like I said, the first thing is you got to see where the money's going so that you can say to yourself or if you have a partner, hey, do we want to focus our money towards this or that? Because this is where it's going right now. And I think that's a really difficult conversation for a lot of people to have because Mm -hmm. once you look at it and you're like, oh, geez, this is where my money's been going. Yeah, they don't always feel so great. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. So something just kind of jumped out at me from what you're saying there. You said that debt reduction isn't the only thing to focus on. And kind of taking that a step further, you know, I'd say that taking on debt can help you grow sometimes, right? You know, like if you get a loan for a rental property, for example, or something like that. So right. a lot of times when the topic of debt comes up, you know, people start throwing around terms like good debt and bad debt. Can you kind of quickly just break down really what that means? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people just hear the term debt and they automatically assume, that, oh, that's bad, you know, yeah. or they hear good debt and they don't think it's good. It's just more like, you know, this is necessary because you can't buy a house with cash, you know, something like that. So can you yeah. just kind of talk about the difference between good debt and bad debt? Yeah, I like to think of it as we have these socially acceptable ways of looking at debt. So not solely just good and bad, but we have this socially acceptable debt. Like if you're going to get a mortgage for your home, that's okay. If you're going to take out a student loan, for the most part, people are like, that's fine too, right? But if you're going to do something like invest, right, in your business, or like you said, for rental properties to create that hopefully you're going to generate more money and it's going to be a return on your investment, then, you know, usually people are like, are you sure? Like, that sounds Mm -hmm. a bit risky. That's where we kind of shy away from using money, like your assets, or getting a debt, right, to create more money. We tend to shy away from that. And I don't think that there's a problem with that, which is a little bit more radical for most folks because they're like, nope, all debt is bad. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. unless it's like any consumer debt and they lump it all together and it's not right. It's not all bad. Mm-hmm. It depends on what you're doing with the debt itself or with the borrowed funds. Like mm-hmm. it makes sense if you're thinking, Hey, I want to invest in real estate, which I've done. And you decide, okay, I need to borrow money in terms of a mortgage to get started. You're looking at the investment potential. Right. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me because you're making money from that debt, from that borrowed money. Usually what we're doing is we're like, OK, I need to buy a couch or I'm buying clothes or you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like that's a depreciating. I wouldn't even call it asset. It's a depreciating item. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's OK to spend money, but know the difference between spending and investing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I like to look at our money and say, look, Put your money into four buckets. You know, you're spending, you're investing, you're donating, and you're saving. And so if you're saving money, that's like for short-term stuff, right? Something that you're going to use the money for in the short term. Donating or giving, that's pretty obvious, right? Sharing your money with other people to help in whatever form you feel comfortable with. And then there's money's meant to be spent. So yeah, by all means, spend your money guilt-free. Enjoy it. But also invest it because that's the most important bucket to some degree, because that's the bucket that creates more money that you can put into the other buckets all over again. Right. Right. And so if you're doing all four of those things, those ratios change, but you should really focus on ensuring that you're putting money into all four of those buckets. Okay. Awesome. So you had mentioned all these different buckets, and we're specifically talking about high-income earners who have money to be moved around and to be prioritized, I guess. The priorities, I'm sure, you know, the umbrella answer is that it's dependent on everybody and their priorities, what they want, and their goals, and all that kind of stuff. In your opinion, and or, you know, maybe in your circumstance, or maybe you can use an example of somebody that you've worked with, or you can use me as an example, okay? With stock dads and with my job and just like various multitude of different reasons, in the last year or two, I've come into more income than I'm used to, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a good thing, but it's also, you know, giving all these different options and I have, you know, like 30 different things, you know, that I could do with, you know, the extra income. I can invest it. I can, you know, in like the stock market, I could get a rental property. I could, you know, save more in an emergency fund. I could buy, you know, appreciating assets, you know, things like that. Like, what is your process that you recommend for people to not only just like decide what are my goals, but like, how do I, because all those things could potentially help me reach my goals. But it's like, there's so many options that I start to get like fuzzy. And I'm like, I don't know which one's the right direction to go or what to do. So I guess like, how do you figure that out? Or like, how do you recommend me figuring that out? That's such a good question. And it's funny because I'm doing a little mini event at the end of the year where I'm sitting down with folks and we're going to plan what we're going to do for the next year, right? What you're going to do with your money, because if you have a goal and money is at the foundation, you have to come up with a plan for how you're going to achieve that goal, right? I do this every year myself. I do it for the next year and then for five or 10 years out. So all of the things that you mentioned, especially when you're coming into like more money than you're accustomed to, all of those things that you mentioned can all be accomplished, right? It's a question of, okay, I know you're married. So you and your partner have to sit down and say, okay, 
what's important to us right now? What do we want to do first, right? Some of those goals we sit down and we look at and it's like, all right, let's say, well, let's pick college. If you have a good, you know, 10 years, 15 years before your kid starts college, well, we do want to get that going, right? If you want to help them pay for tuition, we want to get that started. So we get that underway. But if you're thinking, hey, next year I want to buy a rental property, then we've got to figure out and start mapping out what that's going to look like. How much are you going to put down? How much are you going to need and by when? Okay, now let's back up a bit and see, okay, are we able, and this is where the budget comes in, do we have that money available to us right now? Or do we have to look to creating more money so that we can hit this target next year? So we really have to break it down into bite-sized pieces and really understand the value of what we value in that household, in that family, with that individual. And that's the way that you can hit those targets. I think what most people do and what I see before people come to me, they're like, I need to pay for college. I need to retire at a certain age. I want to buy a house. And it's like, whoa. And they've been saying this for years, but they haven't moved the needle at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, let's take a step back and let's start actually planning. You can do all of those things. And I know this because I have, but you can do all of those things, but you have to take it in a stepwise fashion and you really have to map it out. Yeah, I think that's one of my biggest issues is like deciding what I want to do most. Like I want to do so many things, you know, Mm -hmm. I would love to build a new house, like our forever home. I'd love Mm -hmm. to own a rental property. I'd love to pay for my kids college. I'd love to reinvest in the business. And I mean, there's just all these different things that I'd love to do. But it's like, for me, it's almost impossible so far. I mean, Mm -hmm. at least for me to like sit and actually figure out what's the most important thing. And like what comes first, I think it just takes thought and talking and collaboration with your spouse or if you're single like just Mm -hmm. sitting down and really putting pen to paper and like what is most important to you i I don't know there's a right way to answer that question i wish there was like this is Mm -hmm. the easy a b c d like you do these things and you're set forever but i don't think there's that yeah i mean i think it's hard because it depends on how you're valuing it right because like you could do something for the idea of, okay, this is going to give me the highest return, you know, on my money, but maybe I don't like actually want to do it. I'm not passionate about it. Or Uh there's something like, you know, paying for your kid's school where it's like, I'm not really getting probably any return on it, but it's important for my family and stuff like that. So I think it's hard to weigh one Uh thing against the other just because, you know, the purposes are different. So. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's also important to look at, especially if you're creating money, like you're not just in a nine to five where you get this raise, but if you have your own business or you have investments where you create money, then it's really fun to tag those things to other investments that you want to make. So if you're investing in the stock market and you're trading and you're making money, well, you can decide at the end of this year, hey, I want to make a certain amount of money and that money I'm going to allocate towards a rental property or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when you tie these things together, it also makes it a little easier for you to create that vision and that plan. You've mentioned it a couple of times while we've been talking to you and you've talked about paying off debt without limiting your lifestyle, right? And Mm -hmm. it kind of even ties into DJ's question, maybe a little bit. But, you know, if you have a lot of debt or more debt than you can pay off quickly with your income, you know, maybe that lifestyle creep is affecting you. 
-hmm. How do you still make room in your budget for, you know, fun things that you want and not just doing the Dave Ramsey approach of just don't spend anything and pay off debt? Yeah, you put a line item in your budget to do it because what happens is when you're solely paying off debt and you're not having any fun, you're going to stop. <laughs> you're just going to stop. You're not going to continue on this path, right? And it's not to say that, you know, to take the approach that if you're not just solely paying off your debt and you're having a good time in any capacity, the approach isn't to berate you for having a good time. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, you can do both. And sometimes it may take an additional year to pay off the debt, but you make it. You actually do it. You don't default. You don't stop and start and do that whole thing. Mm -hmm. You actually complete what you said you were going to complete. And you don't have to berate yourself or badger yourself as a result. Mm -hmm. So I like to get folks to like say, okay, are you going out to dinner? Are you going on vacation? Let's create a line item for that. Let's save money for that, right? Because mm -hmm. if you don't have that balance, you're not going to complete the debt reduction or debt repayment cycle. You just won't. Sure. It's almost, and I mentioned this before, I think in another episode, but it's almost exactly like, weight loss, which is yeah. something that I struggle with and like, you know, fad dieting and going a hundred miles an hour, like all about it for, you know, a week. And then like, if I don't mm -hmm. give myself like a cheat meal or something here and there, I'm like, mm -hmm. nope, screw this. And then I cheat. And then I end up cheating every meal after that for mm -hmm. a month and I'm worse off than I was before I started. So yeah, DJ, yeah, tell, tell the people how your uh, gym sessions have been going, DJ. Tell them about leg day. <laughs> oh gosh, dude. So I'm working with a trainer two days a week. And I think that all trainers are very sadistic about leg days. For they whatever are. Reason. <laughs> Every yeah. trainer that I've ever worked with, like if it's leg day, like I think it's their genuine goal to make me vomit <laughs> or pass out one of the two. So yesterday after my last set of exercises, which was an insane, like six sets of six reps with 10 second rest and a failure on the last set. Like I literally was questioning my life and all my choices. So. <laughs> it's been good. I've been getting a little more solid, reducing some of the squish, but it's a process. So just like this and just like debt reduction and just like getting your finances in order, not even just debt reduction, but getting your investments and your future planned and actually getting all of your eggs in the right baskets and stuff. It's a process. It's a day by day you know, sometimes painful, sometimes fun, some very rewarding in the end, you know, sometimes challenging. It's a process. So yeah, I just thought yeah. that that was like, for me, because like weight loss has always been a struggle of mine. I've always been like, up and down. I've lost 70 pounds at two different points in my life, but at both points, I've gained it all back. For me, it's like a very direct correlation between the two things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so interesting that it's like saying, is there anyone in America who doesn't know what you have to do to lose weight, right? It's like move more, eat less. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing with your money. Okay, you can earn more and spend less. Like that's what mm -hmm. you can do, right? But right. there's more to it. And that's where the mindset piece comes in. Mm -hmm. And you really have to take a look and examine why am I spending right now? What's it's, actually going on, right? Yeah. And it's not just remove the Amazon app off of your phone. Mm -hmm. It's like, what am I looking for at this moment that's making me continue to do this? Mm -hmm. And so that really investigating that piece is what's 
also in there that most of my clients don't realize when they come, they're like, okay, just give me the budget, you know? And it's like, yeah, there's a little bit more of it. Cause <laughs> you could download any budget from anywhere and follow it, but you're not. And why right. is that? And then we have to examine that as well. Yeah. It's super psychological. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you're kind of mentioning like the mindset aspect to it. I think that basically kind of probably is the answer to my next question, but let me know if I'm wrong. I just want to know, like, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see with people while they're, you know, trying to approach paying off their debt? Yeah. Well, what I see mostly is people don't realize that they're walking around with these beliefs about money that they've been carrying with them since pretty much they're ingrained by the time you're seven right? Mm -hmm. They're not sophisticated at that point, but they're there. And you grew up in a household where there was money or there wasn't money, or, you know, people talked about it, or they didn't, they fought about it, or they didn't, whatever was going on, you're carrying this with you into adulthood, right? So when you're approaching how to create money, how to save money, how to make money, whatever you think about money and the people who have it or don't, that impacts what you do with your money today. And most people aren't aware of their thoughts about it. And if you, you know, you guys just think back to, okay, what was going on in my house around seven, you know, with money, when was the first time I realized, hey, this is interesting, and see how that shows up in your life today. And then you can start to see some of the pitfalls that I see with a lot of my clients, because some of them, for example, think that, oh, you know, money is the root of all evil, and people who have money are evil, and they will continually sabotage any efforts to have financial stability, right? And they don't even realize that they're doing this until we start talking about it. Or they have a partner who had a completely different money story growing up, right? And the two of them are coming together and it's like, whoa, and they need to talk about that as well, right? And figure out how that makes sense for both of them and how they can coexist and reach their targets. And I see that a lot as well. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned, you know, like partners and stuff like that. How important is it to have a support system in this? So like for single people finding, you know, some sort of accountability partner and for like married people or dating people like to, to use their spouse or their significant other as that support system. And then Part two of the question would be what happens when, I mean, there's always this tug of war and what happens in that situation where you do have a spouse or whatever with completely different money habits or and beliefs about money and all that kind of stuff. Like let's, for example, my wife, as conservative as it comes, like if it was up to her, like every dollar we had would be in a savings account, like, you know, just sitting there in case of all of these horrible emergencies that just may happen. Me, I'm much more aggressive and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. sometimes that creates, I mean, most of the time she just trusts me to let me do my thing, but like in a different world where maybe she wasn't as, you know, willing to let me handle it. What about that type of friction and how would you suggest navigating through that? Yeah. So your first question about having support, 100%, that's so important. If you want to head to a particular direction with your financial life and stability, you want to be around like-minded folks. And if you are single, for example, and 
nobody in your family or any of your friends are really focused on that, it becomes really difficult for you to stay in that lane if you don't have the support. And especially if you're getting those societal messages, you know, about money, like, oh, that's greedy or whatever the case may be. You want to find folks who really understand you so that you can continue on the journey. When it comes to couples, both of you have to look at where these money beliefs are coming from and why, you know, somebody is like the super spender or the super hoarder or the super, you know, investor or savers or whatever the case may be, and really understand why you guys are at this place, why you're coming together and why you find that, okay, there's a little bit of friction here. The communication about this stuff is, if you don't talk about it, might as well forget it. (laughs) That's why we have so many divorces and why the number one reason for divorce is money. Because we just really don't get to the root of what's going on. And it's one of those things where we don't talk about money that much in society. Like, yeah, sure, you guys have this podcast, but do we talk about, like, I feel really insecure unless I have, you know, $50,000 in the bank? Or, you know, I don't want to invest at all that scares the crap out of me because I don't want to lose my money and I don't want to be poor ever again or whatever people are walking around with, right? So you have to, when you bring two people together, they really have to talk about what are your money beliefs? What are your money stories? And how are we going to work together to create a value system for our family? Gotcha. Awesome. Thank you. Mike, you got any other questions? I do have one more that's maybe a little obscure, but I think it could apply to some people. So you'd mentioned earlier, like defaulting, you know, by not being able to have fun and stuff like that. What is your opinion on like a charged off debt? I guess, first of all, can you just briefly touch on what a charge off is? And then my follow up question is, if you do have something that's been charged off, is that something you should focus on paying or is it something to just leave out there? So a charge-off debt is a debt that's no longer active. It's no longer current where you're paying it monthly. And so there's been a final amount that you owe as a result of the company sending you into default, right? Mm -hmm. And my approach to charged-off debts is really focus on your active debts first. I think if you have a debt and you owe it, you should always pay it, right? Mm -hmm. But you're going to prioritize whom you're going to pay first and pay the active ones right? That's what you can control right now. Those are the ones that are going to affect your current credit score if that's important to you. So focus on those first and foremost. If you're staying the course, you will pay, you can go back to the charged off debts and Mm -hmm. pay those off. Now, some people are like, hey, it's gone. I'm not going to deal with it. That's Mm -hmm. a personal choice. I don't know if they ever truly go away. I've seen things come back to haunt people at all times, particularly when they've gotten their acts together and they're like, oh, I want to purchase a home. And it's like, guess who's hiding out in the (laughs) background, right? Ready to like throw a whole wrench in your plans, right? So that's why I'm always like, check that credit report, make sure there aren't any money skeletons in the closet, because you really want to go back and clean that up. It's your debt, you owe it. Mm -hmm. And so you should pay it off, but prioritize them. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's a question that, you know, I thought of because I see them at my job sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered, like, I don't know, should they pay it back? Should they not? You know, Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, definitely a personal choice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shannon, this has been really good. I could talk to you for hours and stuff. You're just a ton of fun to talk to and learn from. I definitely recommend people check you out. You know, give the people where they can find you. You know, give them your Instagram handle and website, all that fun stuff. If you got anything like that where they can catch up with you. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to say one thing really quickly to you guys is I get folks to look at their money and figure out where their money's going. And I want them to start planning for the future and hit those money targets. I also want them to invest. So what you guys are doing is amazing. Everybody, I want them to get to the point where they're investing and growing their wealth. That is key right? So get a handle on where the money's going. And then from there, let's create more money. And the ways that you guys are doing it, 100%, I'm with you. I do it myself. And I love what you guys are doing. So it's great. We knew we liked you, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Thank you very much. You're so welcome. So I can be fine on Instagram and Facebook at The Whole Budget. And I can also be found at thewholebudget.com. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Shannon, thank you for being with us, guys. Make sure you tune into our next episode. Mike and I have some really big news that we're going to share with you guys. But as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Thank you for everything that all of our listeners do for us, for our community. Find us on StockDads, both on Facebook, Instagram, and StockDads.com is our website. And you can also check out our Discord by going to StockDads.com slash plans and join us in there and chat with us one-on-one and all that kind of fun stuff, too. So, Shannon, you're the best. Thank you for all your patience with Mike and I and our horrible inability to function as human adults. (laughs) But we appreciate you and look forward to catching up with you again soon, okay? Thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. We appreciate it. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. Leave a five-star review and join our premium community on Discord at stockdads.com slash plans. You can also follow us on all major social media platforms. But most importantly, stay off the grass.